Well, welcome everybody to our first podcast for the first. legendary David series. Um, I am somebody who you probably have not heard from. Uh, my name is Andrew Donahue. I'm production director and I'm going to be hosting um, as well as with some other help um, throughout the series. Um, but the podcast, the heart of it is to kind of dive deeper into Sunday's message. And this past Sunday was Student Takeover Day. Our student ministries pastor, Scott Noggle, brought an awesome word. I mean, there was a lot going on Sunday, um, not just starting a new series, but, you know, honoring grads and, and baptizing, you know, kids who, who made the decision to go public with their faith. Um, but all in all, it, it was great. It was great, great Sunday, great yeah. service. Um, but with all those things, there there definitely was not a lot of time to dive deep into into David. So, and that's what the heart of this podcast is all about: diving deeper in the Sunday message, you know, and giving our communicators, our teachers, an opportunity to kind of uh, dig a little deeper and and share some some you know more insight that maybe didn't make the cut on sunday morning so i got scott you're here yeah you're ready so i'm go. here yeah. yeah welcome first round if you're listening welcome in um i'm excited this is great and like andrew said it was a packed sunday so we have we have had some sort of student takeover day now for the past this might be the 10th year I think 2013 might have been the first time we, we hosted a student takeover day. I was on staff then. And so every year, right around the beginning of June, we, we host a student takeover day where we highlight our student ministries. Um, recently, most recently, last year, started last year, is we had baptisms included because students who went to road trip, which is our big back to, our big retreat, it used to be a back to school retreat, um, our biggest retreat of the year, students make a decision while they're to get baptized. And last year and this year, we made the decision instead of baptizing them while away for the weekend that we would bring it back and we would celebrate it as a church family. And that's been a great help too. Um, it's great for families to be able to see. Um, it's great for our church to be able to celebrate with students. And then also we celebrated grads on Sunday. And this year we had, uh, we celebrated 49 grads this past yeah. weekend. Um, that's who, that's who was in our graduation presentation. We know that's not everyone who graduated, um, but it's a start and we just wanted to honor them. So yeah, like Andrew said, it was a packed service and we just kicked off a brand new series called Legendary David, which, um, as the student ministries pastor of GT, um, I'm really excited about because everyone from preschool to elementary to preteen to students to adults are covering the same topics for the next seven or eight weeks. So for the months of June and July, we'll all be covering the same thing. So this past weekend, all of those age groups talked about the calling of David and David being anointed as king. Um, this coming weekend, Pastor Scott Kramer is going to speak in the, um, in the worship center and out at North, his, his message will be streamed, and he's going to be talking about David and Goliath. But preteen is talking about David and Goliath. In elementary and preschool, we're all learning about David and Goliath this weekend, which is another reason why we wanted to do this podcast, to be able to dig a little bit deeper and say, hey, what did you not have? Mm -hmm. And so the service was so full, like Andrew said, that um, you know when it came time to the message, it really came time to, what's the amount of time that I have to still get everything in we want to get, but still intro the series pretty well. And 
So when I think about it, we talk about digging in deeper. One of the things I mentioned last weekend is a book by Gene Edwards called A Tale of Three Kings. And he has this great quote. If it's okay if I read something to you while you're listening to this, um, no, this is not an audiobook. This is not the official audiobook for Gene Edwards. I do not speak for Gene Edwards, nor Amazon, nor any other book publisher as well. But um, but you could have a new career after this if it but goes I well. But I might have a new career after this of reading audiobooks. True story, funny story. During COVID, I actually watched a couple. Um, I went on a lot of YouTube rabbit trails. Uh, camper vans was one of them that's pretty notorious to talk about a lot. The other one was reading audiobooks, like doing audiobook stuff from your house. Like, what would I need to purchase in order to be able to do that? I didn't do it, but I was always like, man, that's, that'd be kind of fun. Um, so anyway, um, A Tale of Three Kings, chapter two, it starts out with this. It says, a figure in the distance was running toward him, talking about David. It grew and became... It grew and became his brother. Run, cried the brother. Run with all your strength. I'll watch the flock. Why? An old man, a sage, he wants to meet all eight of the sons of Jesse, but he's, but he has seen all but you. But why? Run. So David ran. He stopped long enough to get his breath, then sweat pouring down his sunburned cheeks, his red face matching his red curly hair. He walked into his father's house and his eyes were recording everything in sight. The youngest son of Jesse stood there tall and strong, but more in the eyes of the curious old gentleman than to anyone else in the room. Kith and kin could not always tell when a man is grown, even when looking straight at him. The elderly man saw, and something more he saw. In a way he himself did not understand, the old man knew what God knew. God had taken a house-to-house survey of the whole kingdom in search of someone very special. As a result of this survey, the Lord God Almighty had found that this leather-lunged troubadour loved his Lord with a purer heart than anyone else in all of the sacred soil of of Israel. Kneel, said the bearded one with the long gray hair, and almost regally for one who had never been in that particular position, David knelt and then felt oil pouring down his head. Somewhere in one of the closets of his mind labeled childhood information, he found this thought. This is what men do to designate royalty. Samuel is making me a what? The Hebrew word words were unmistakable. Even children knew them. Behold the Lord's anointed. Anointed. And what hits me about this is that um, for David, that day started like any other day. He was doing his job. His job was he worked for his dad and he went out and watched sheep in the field. And he didn't even know that this guy was coming. You know, Samuel comes to the house because God told him. That's a whole other thing we can dig into in a moment. But um, God told Samuel, go, go to the house of Jesse and anoint one. One of his kids is going to be the next king. But for David, he's just out in the field just doing his regular stuff. And all of a sudden, someone comes out and says, hey, run. Run, because, you know, you're next. You know, the story behind it that we read on Sunday was Samuel shows up at the house, and the first son comes out, and God says it's not him. And then the, the you know, really famous verse of, um, you know, uh, people look, man look at, looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It's First Samuel 16, 7. And eight, um, uh, 
so the first son comes by Eliab, and he's not it. And one by one, all seven of the of the sons of Jesse that Jesse chose to present that day went by. David, of course, was out in the field. I did talk about this on Sunday that David was marginalized, forgotten. He was just the young kid um, who there's no way it could be him. Like there's no way, there's no way that you know this really really important person comes. And, and, and he asks for, for you know, Jesse to bring his sons out because he's here to anoint the next king. And Jesse doesn't even think his youngest son could do it. And so what always strikes me about that is if you've ever sat in the shadow of someone else, then you know how that feels. You know, maybe it's a, it's a family member. You know, maybe it's a... I tell the story to our students all the time of... Um, you know, when I was growing up, I was Pam's little brother. My sister Pam is a uh, my sister Pam is a high school math teacher um, in Princeton, West Virginia. She is brilliant. Um, she went through four years of college, earning all A's and one C in running in in her freshman year. And she'd probably be mortified that I just shared that with our podcast audience. So please don't reach out to my sister. But um, but I um, but like I knew what it was like when I walked into a class. And they read my last name, and they said, "Oh, are you Pam's brother?" And it only took a couple of days for the teacher to say, "You're nothing like your sister." And it's not that I was a terrible student; it's that I was the funny kid in the class, borderline class clown, and my sister was the really smart kid. And so, like, I know what that feeling marginalized feels like. Or, or how about this? Maybe, and I mentioned this on Sunday. Maybe. You're listening to this and you feel marginalized at work because of your position. Um, you know, I I have this official title of student ministries pastor, but to a lot of but to a lot of people, that just means I haven't grown up yet. You know, when are you going to become a real? Has been the question for decades for me. Mm-hmm. When are you going to become a real pastor? When are you going to go pastor a church? Hey, if you ever go pastor a church, I'd follow you. And I'm like, that's not my that's not what I don't, that's not what God's called me to. And so Sometimes we we can be marginalized by other people just because of the way they look at us. And I think David at some point, like that that was David. You yeah. know? Now don't get me wrong, when he's out in the field, I mean he is he's he's learning. He's learning the voice of God, right? This is David who eventually writes all of like he writes most of the Psalms in the book of Psalms, right? Mm-hmm. Where did he learn this? Like where did he where did he learn to hear God's voice? Out in the field. You know, he's out in the fields. The only thing he has with him is a harp or some kind of guitar-like instrument. We don't really know what it looked like. I'm sure the Bible historians have an idea, but... Um, and a sling, right? And so... Um, but what's interesting is, like, if you go to the book of Psalms, Psalms 8, for instance, uh, Psalms 8, verse 3, it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place... What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. That's um, Psalm 8, verses 3 through 5. And it's just like, when you read that, it's so rich of like, obviously whoever wrote this took time to think about what he's writing about, right? When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars. Well... Here's a guy who spent countless hours, I mean, 
endless, seemingly endless days sitting out under the stars at night while doing his job, which was to take care of sheep and goats and just make sure they don't die. I mean, care for them. And, and he was able to spend time with God. Later in another verse, we've, and we've kind of talked about this with our tagline for the series, is that David's called a man after God's own heart. Well, he didn't learn that. That's not taught in military college. Mm-hmm. Like He didn't learn that the first day he, um, he led an army. He didn't learn that. He didn't learn that the day he defeated Goliath. He didn't even learn that the day he was anointed to be king. He learned that out in the field. And I would guess, and one of the points I made on Sunday when I was speaking was, after he was anointed to be king, from everything we can read or know about Scripture, he went back to tending sheep because it was another 15 years until he was anointed as king. And eventually, and we're going to learn in the next couple of weeks how he he defeated Goliath. He eventually was in, in Saul's service playing his instrument because God has... God had gifted him as a musician, um, but he it wasn't instantaneous. It was a process. Yeah, and um, and I just think like this idea of this, and I this is what I hit on on Sunday about this time of preparation of just like learning to hear God's voice and learning the why behind the what and the how and the what's really really important and what really really matters just always blows me away about David that long before he became a conquering hero or a conquering king, he was a boy in a field just learning how to listen to God mm-hmm. and and sit in the silence. Um, yeah. So those are those are some thoughts I left you know that I know I left on the cutting room floor or that I that just intrigue me so much. Yeah. Yeah. I so one of the things like I find interesting when I think about David is thinking like what, how much was it that he was forgotten versus the overlooked? Mm. Now, like I am, I grew up in a house of five. Okay. So David had what, seven brothers. So he was one of eight. I was one of five, but I was middle child and I was quiet. Okay. So there were yes. times where, like, we'd literally be driving in the car as a family, and it's wait, is Andrew <laughs> is in here? Andrew even yeah, here? I'm yeah. right. Here. Yeah, like yeah. that. That question has been happening. So not that you can't forget mm. about a child. Yeah. But you know, and one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time is about Home forgetting Alone. about a child. Absolutely, you know? um, Home Alone. No, but like versus overlooking, mm. you know, Jesse yeah. overlooking David yeah. and. And also, we don't really know where. So, in the scripture, in in First Samuel sixteen, you know, it says Samuel met with the elders, and he also invited Jesse and his sons right. to be a part of the sacrifice. Yeah. So it doesn't specify whether Jesse is an elder mm-hmm. in Bethlehem or if he's just right. some random of, guy, some random yeah. guy with with who who the Lord has picked, you know, it, God picked because of David having a heart after him. Like, right. But when I, when I read it, I'd imagine he's probably someone of importance. He has animals that need tending to. Right. So he probably has, has servants as well. Sure. And, and in the, um, a tale of three Kings, yes. he imagines that, you know, his one brother comes right. But I like, I've I've not gotten to to read it, but 
you know, I imagine, okay, Jesse's sending a servant now out to his, but why, yeah, why, why wasn't a servant entrusted to watch the flock? Like right. this, this is probably that family's livelihood. Yeah. And Jesse still didn't, didn't, you know, entrust, entrust the, the, their whole livelihood to, to a servant right. or servants. He wanted his own son there. Yeah. Like, and, and that was, you know, for, for David, like you're, you know, you're yeah. possibly making sure that, that your family continues to, to survive because of the role you play. Yeah. And like, there's a level of importance, but also still that overlooking, like, and, and we do that all the time. Like I, I have two little kids and like, there are things where like my younger son, I'm, I'm thinking like, you're not going to be able to keep up with your brother doing X, Y, or Z. And, and when he does, it's like, oh man, like I should yeah. like, yeah, I missed yeah, that. Like, I missed it. Yeah. I miss it. And that's a very small, but like when I, when I, when I read through that and, and after Sunday going back and reviewing to, to kind of sit down and talk, like, like I didn't picture it as like, necessarily david was 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 mm. completely overlooked yeah there was this important task that oh, that jesse good. felt needed to be needed to you know he needed somebody he could trust yeah that's fair but in that the david being the youngest yeah he was you know the older brothers get to go get do the special thing you know when, yeah and and you know this this big important guy comes to town and invites our family I need you to go take care of this. And like, I've, I've been in situations where it's like, I've been asked to do something that, that removes me from the main thing. But right. like, is that because I have a level of trust with whoever's asking me? And, yeah. and that's, that's also just kind of like, uh, sure. Hey, or even what about this? Let me throw another thing out there that might throw this whole thing on its head that I'm thinking about while we're talking about it. You know, nowhere in this passage of scripture does it say that Samuel told Jesse, go get your boys, I'm going to anoint the next king? It, it said, and you read it, it you know, it, he, he was invited to the sacrifice with the prophet, yeah. right? And so you're probably right, you know, and, and maybe we put too much credence on the being overlooked. I, I just like that because it resonates and, with me. But, yeah, and we but know the end right. of the story. Yes, like that's, true. That's, you know, being removed from it, we know the end of the story. Right. And and I think... Yeah, we don't talk about, like, we don't talk about um, uh, Abinadab, who was number two. Yeah. We don't ever talk about him. Like, here's a guy who's number two who stood in front of them and he said, no, nah, it's not you. Yeah. You know, I mentioned it on Sunday about, like, how sometimes you know with with um, Eliab, the oldest brother, you know God said to Samuel, "I have rejected him," and sometimes we always we always think of rejection as negative. And I know I want to I'm kind of changing topics mm -hmm. a little bit, but um, but sometimes rejection is just that this isn't for you, like yeah. this isn't for you. Yeah, no, and that 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 resonates with me, and the thing that like I love about David that I don't think gets taught enough mm -hmm. is is that and his his mindset of always preparing for the next thing yeah. regardless of knowing if what it is or not right. and you touched on it on Sunday that like he was in the field and you know it, it was in in those times where like he was practicing his sling that made him like 
a deadly accurate warrior right at, to to stand up against you know this this giant that that has the entire you know army of Israel scared and and the time like in the quiet that he spent you know meditating and got like he's always like and you see that later in his life when when he's like I I want to build a temple of God yeah and and God's like nope Nope, timeout. And like I'm sure we'll get to this later in the series, yeah. but essentially, you know, God says no. You're not building a temple because because you've been a warrior and there's blood on your hands. Mm. And and instead of David moping, what did he do? He started prepping so that when his son right. would take over as when king, it was time, all the materials were already there. Yeah. So that and it's that like you see that like yeah. in him and like that's something that for me i try to i try to be like instill in my life okay when when god tells me no what, am i just going to sulk about it or right. or am i just if i see something and i'm like i i want to do that but god says no that's not for you yeah. how how am i going to to handle that, like yeah. in the in the lonely times, in the quiet times, in the slow times, in the boring times, right. am I am I working to to better myself, or am I just kind of sitting there and just yeah. waiting for time to pass, twiddling my thumbs? Yeah, and the interesting thing about David, we'll see next week when we talk about David and Goliath, is that when someone, you know, David says, I- "I'll fight the giant," someone's like, "What do you mean you can't fight the giant?" And, and David said. Sure, I can. I've done this, this, this. this. Like I'm, I'm ready. It, it was just a mindset of like, yeah, I'm ready for what's next. But the, the other thing that's interesting about David, when you were talking about it, is at, at least in this part of David's life, he's not looking for what's next. He is content in what he has, and he's getting ready, and he's always preparing himself for what's next. But he's also not pushing the next the the, the guy before out the door. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just walking in his calling. There's something powerful about, you know, yeah. walking in your calling. And, um, you know, to go back to my personal life, my personal story, like one of the most freeing things that has happened to me over the last probably 10 years in my life is I've become really comfortable in in who God, who I think God has called me to be. That doesn't mean I'm not interested in, in learning, I'm not interested in growing, I'm not interested in doing what's next. It just means that I am, I'm, I'm, I'm content in what God has called me to. And I'm content to be able to do what I get to do. And, and if, if doors open, then yeah, I step through them. So like when we sat down today to record this podcast, like, um, one of the things I said is I was you, I said I said I'm a little nervous. I've never sat down and recorded one of these before. I've always wanted to, you know. And then um, and I just said earlier about like a dream of mine during the pandemic was like, do I become you know do I do audio books mm-hmm. or whatever you know? Yeah. And um, but like but I've I've learned to be content in where God has me, but not um, stagnant. Yeah, like. I, I've learned to be content that this is where God has me now, but I'm also not. Um, I don't. I don't think I'm stagnant in. Oh, I don't. I refuse to move. I refuse mm-hmm. to leave. I refuse to do anything else. I refuse to say yes to anything else because I'm too comfortable where I am. There's a difference between content in your, in in your current situation and too comfortable yeah. in your current situation. You know. Yeah. 
And and like I said on I, I said this on Sunday, like if you're too comfortable in your current if you're too comfortable somewhere and God needs to move you, he will move you. Yeah. One way or another, through your own choice or through someone else's. Right. You know. And um and that's what happened in Saul's life. Saul, the king, um, kind of lost. He, uh, let's let's call it what it is. He lost his way. He started reading his own press too much. He started relying on his own, thinking he could do it himself. And he and he stopped following the commands of God, which at which were um, the most important thing about the commands of God is that you follow. It's full obedience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's this old. I don't know. It's probably some kind of uh, kids growing kids something that's you know partial obedience is disobedience you know and the idea of like and it comes from First Samuel fifteen where Samuel says partial disobedience is is disobedience like if you don't mm-hmm. follow through on everything God has called you to do you're being disobedient and um and so that's what happened to Saul like he he got to a point where. He thought he was bigger than than following exactly what God told him to do, and it and it literally removed the anointing of God off of him. And it's why we have the story of David in the first place because yeah. God needed to find a new king, and um, yeah, and so he he wasn't ready to move, and God had to move him because you know what you're too, you too you got to go, yeah, got to go, yeah. yeah. Um, last thing that I want to talk about is. Um, is the book A Tale yeah, of Three Kings. Sure. So this is a resource that like we're we're encouraging the congregation yeah, absolutely. to to read. Um what about it is, you know, yeah. You know, yeah, so makes I love the um I love that it's an easy read. I I um <laughs> I'm not a reader. I I like to think that I'm a reader. I just am not one. I wish I was more of a reader and mm-hmm. I'm not one. And immediately when you say that, people who are readers begin judging. You're like, oh, what do you mean you're not a reader? People who aren't readers are like, yeah, me too. Um, so what's yeah. really cool about A Tale of Three Kings is it, e- it is an easy read. It is, it is a great story written based on the, the stories of, of David in the Bible. Um, also, you can... Um, it's also a fairly inexpensive book, and so you can grab them at. I mean, you can get them at our Westlawn location on a Sunday morning, or you can get them out at North, or you can go on Amazon. I was on, I checked on Amazon this morning. You can get it, um, you know, a paperback for eight bucks. You can get it on Kindle for seven fifty nine, um, uh, and Is you can an also get the audio book too. You can get the audio book for like ninety nine cents if you're a part of Amazon's whatever. Again, I looked at Amazon, so. Okay. But yeah, it's also an audiobook. So yeah, if that's you don't, how I do books. I was gonna say <laughs> read if you it don't, to me. <laughs> if you don't like to read, man, get it on audiobook, and maybe you'll be able to kick off my next, you know, my next <laughs> career. Um, but just get an audiobook, and next time you're out mowing your grass, instead of listening to country music like I talk about on Sunday, put this audiobook on, and um, you know, maybe listen to it. Um, I just encourage us all. It's a great read. It's a great resource, um, and it's a really interesting just book. And then in addition to that, we have devotionals every week that we're putting on our website. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote this week's, so the devotionals will go live Monday. I mean, it's Sunday night at midnight is when they launch. So whoever spoke on the weekend writes the devotional for that following week. So um, my podcast is up now. You can just go to GT Church on, gtchurch.online and just go right to our front. It's on top of our main page on our website. So, cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming and, sure. and chatting. 
Um, hopefully, uh, if you're listening to this, you enjoyed it and you got to, you know, get a little bit of a deeper dive and different perspective, maybe, of, you know, David as, as a shepherd, you know, watching his father's mm. flock. Um, we, we teased it earlier. Next week, it's A&B Pastor Scott Kramer, and we're talking David and Goliath. So um, if you have questions, you can also submit those through the website. Uh, we didn't get any this week. Well, we got one, but it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't a real question. No, it wasn't a real question. Um, it was somebody being funny, testing it out to see if anybody actually read them, and I did. Um, so, but if you have questions, you know, after Sunday when Pastor Scott's teaching, like if he, he says something and you're like, what, is, what does he mean by that? Yeah, that's a great idea. Like, submit it, and sure. and we'll get an opportunity to to talk to Scott about it. And, yeah. Well, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Scott, for sure. sitting down. My chatting. pleasure. We, we'll see you next time. See you next week, everybody. See you in church on Sunday.